Hey, Dreamers, it's Scott Beebe with the MyBusinessOnPurpose.com platform, and I am here to help you uncover the things you can't see. And my greatest dream is that you integrate your faith in your work so that you can live out your business on purpose. Hey, Dreamers, welcome to the Dreamers podcast. I'm Joe Pardo, as always, and today I'm, I'm joined uh, for my monologue and question and answer with uh, my very good friend and brother, Matt Borelli. How you doing, Matt? Good, good. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing fabulous, man. All right, every, every day is, is awesome for me. Had a good weekend? Yeah, you? yeah. This weekend, what did, oh, man, this weekend went by so quick. Um, I did have a good weekend. What, what, uh, was it Melissa's mom's and aunt, or mom and aunt's, not mom's and aunt, uh, mom, mom and aunt's and grandmother came by. Uh, we talked about that on the on the birth podcast. They helped her get um, organized with all the all the new baby stuff. And uh, was it Saturday? What did we What did we do? Oh yeah, I, I finally watched Creed. Yeah, how was it? It was great. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed. Really it. enjoyed did, it. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was great, man. I, I really enjoyed it uh, as well. So that was uh, it was definitely a good time getting to uh, to watch Creed and. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see it sooner, but just didn't have uh, have the opportunity. Uh, what the, damn? Uh, what else happened on Saturday? Uh, Saturday. Well, I, all right. So, so the big thing. Well, like, before we get into my thing, what what about you? Did you did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I did. I went to a tattoo convention on Friday in Philadelphia, which is neat because there were so many different artists from around the country and. A lot of it was just the, uh, you know, like the quick flash art. Somebody comes in there and it's like, oh, I want a tattoo. And this is like something they could do in, you know, like an hour, bang it out. But there was a couple of people there that had some really elaborate designs. Uh, found about three booths where they just had just incredible portrait work. Like, it really looked like they just took a photo and just lasered onto somebody's body. I mean, the, the shading and then the skin tones. I mean, some of these people are really incredible. Some of them are just kind of okay. Um, but there's one guy in particular I was looking at. He's based out of California, and he does a uh, kind of like you know the very elaborate uh, the back style tattoos. Like if you ever look up a picture of uh, like the Yakuza gangsters, you know it's like super colorful, and they got onis and all kinds of neat stuff. Don't know if I go for something like that, but it's really impressive to see a photo and just like the layout, the, the attention to detail, and how it just you know takes a uh, just like it's such an amazing view. It's it's looking at like a like a well, a canvas, I guess. <laughs> you know, just like somebody took a painting off a wall and just really just attached to somebody's back and, and arms. It's it's something else. And now you're you're thinking about doing something like that, right? Yeah, I'd be interested in it. I only have one tattoo so far, so it'd be a pretty big leap to go from that to something so elaborate. But yeah, you know, I, I, either way, I saw a huge appreciation for the amount of effort that goes into it, and. uh it's also pretty expensive, so, <laughs> so you know, there's no good reason not to run out and get it, but that's what I probably have to work myself up to, you know, a couple tattoos here and there, and then uh, sticking with that theme, maybe work that into more of a larger piece, but it's, yeah, I think once you, once you go that far, you can't go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, you, you can't. <laughs> Literally. It's, it's definitely, yeah. um, pun intended, with yeah. the back, yeah, yeah. you know, can't go back, but it's on your back. <laughs> mm-hmm can't see it because it's you know it's behind you right um yeah no i i I think it's cool i mean it's it's not for me for sure not for your first Um, tattoo of course no uh, no uh (laughs) i don't i don't know maybe maybe someday we'll get there but i I, right now i have i can see you with like a nice neck neck tattoo you know 
a necktie tattoo? Uh, no, yeah, necktie yeah, would be good. Why not? Yeah. I'll just, uh, I think I need to work out a little bit more before I get there. <laughs> before I put that, that necktie tattoo on where I'm just going to walk around without a shirt on. <laughs> so you can see my nice, sexy necktie. So, so okay. So this weekend um, came up some, some really interesting ideas uh, in my mind. Uh, I was talking to who was I talking to, and and they they kind of I, I, man I can't think of who I was talking to. I, I apologize for, to to the person I was talking to that I can't recall who I was talking to about this idea uh, that maybe what I should be doing is I mean I I know I know like by the book I should really focus in on like one maybe two niches tops right okay. And, and I know that I've done some stuff for those niches that I have, but that I haven't really, like, focused in to the level of, like, dominating, right? Hmm. And, and that's something I, I feel like I really I need to do um, if – because that's where the money is, right? It's niching down so you can serve a specific type of audience and all that. And, and I really feel like, you know, uh, going after – you know, dreamers and helping them to, to as much as they possibly, as much as I possibly can, uh, would really be a great way of serving. I mean, I already have this platform, the dreamers podcast, and I've written a book about dreaming and a book about, that's kind of like a detox book for your, your mind and your life with the 31 concepts book. So, um, I, I feel like I've already, uh, built that, that platform. So I, I feel like I need to do more with it. So one, I mean, I guess let me let me start by saying uh, right now my website superjoepardo.com. I actually just moved it from jpar.co over to superjoepardo.com as the full website. So like everything forwards to that website now versus before everything used to forward to jpar.co. So now what we're doing is, or what I'm doing is I'm actually reimagining the whole website. You have, if you go there right now, superjoeparto.com, you'll see that it's being upgraded, uh, <laughs> like the Beyonce song <laughs> and, uh, that you should go check out, uh, how to dream.co for the dreamers podcast. Well, wh- what I was thinking was, was, you know, Joe, I really should really, mesh everything that i'm doing together like in my mind they all work together like when you meet me it's like oh hey you know you have the dreamers podcast oh that's great oh you have books okay i get the books okay i want to learn how to build my own business so i can live a life um that is that allows me more freedom to do what i want and how i want to go about doing it okay you have the your dream platform school that's awesome you have uh, then you, it's like, oh, well, I'm doing this podcast thing. Okay, so now we're going to turn this podcast thing into uh, uh, let's go to Joe's conference. You know, it, it's like this big conglomerate thing that I've built, this giant engine. And the thing I think is that um, while I, it is awesome to have so many products and so many services, plus I have my DJ album, plus I have T-shirts, plus I have uh, – there's a couple other things – what I what I don't have is the like the the glue to hold it all together, right? And and I think just me thinking like I should pull all of these things together into my main website, and then also on top of that, I was considering the idea of moving Dreamers Podcast away from HowToDream.co 
and bringing it to superjoepardo.com. Now, it would still have its own website, howtodream.co will bring you right to that section on on superjoepardo.com cuz but but I feel like with this new direction of the show, um it it really is important for for me to have it represented by me because I am the brand and that's that's the thing like that's the thing right like I've known this for a while but I haven't lit like really really lived it I've been trying like doing different things that maybe like setting up its own brand but at the same time like with the exception of the conference I'm the brand and I really feel like I need to own that if I want to take that to the next level so this is just part one so I've said a ton of stuff here Matt I would love to get your input on everything I just uh said I understand. Makes sense. I mean, I, I get that. Oh, even now, you're sort of like a jack of all trades because you have so many different interests, you know, or really, you have so many different passions, and you're trying to sort of uh, narrow down the focus and and really bring everything together into one, uh, you know, one vision. It, you know, unifying all these things, and that's that, that's tough because, like you said, I mean, you, I, I see you're you're passionate about everything you do, but there's so many things you love to do. It's like, how do you bring this all together and make it cohesive? I mean, how can you? everything to like you know one product so to speak and just say okay here's here's the vision you know step by step here's how to achieve you know achieve your dream and on top of that um you know still keeping that that personal aspect that you bring into everything you know it's like you know here's not just how here's how to do things but here's joe pardo you know, guiding you along every step of the way and uh yeah you know i, I think a revamp might be the really is the right step because it doesn't hurt to kind of like take a step back and see you've got all this stuff. All right, how can I consolidate? And really, you know, like I said, just kind of narrow down your focus and, um, and really just streamline, you know, what you have going on. Yeah, because right now I feel like I have like multiple things on multiple, like multiple buildings on multiple blocks. And it's like, okay, I need to bring them all to one building and it'll be the Joe Pardo building. It'll be this giant statue that's co- overcompensating for something. <laughs> And or not statue, but well, giant building. It's overcompensating for something. Aside from the overcompensating part, I would say exactly. Yeah, you want to bring everything. <laughs> let's bring the neighborhood into one one uh, building, one community center, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I think that it you know I think it, it it's going to be a great way for me to do that. And um like I've been running the Your Dream platform, school and the show, and and I think what I'm going to do is kind of mesh all of that together into. Uh, I started building as you you helped me the other uh, last week with. Um, making one of the courses in the school into its own separate course. And I think what that actually might be the better way for me to go going forward so I can make these courses um, available at a, at a lower one-time fee uh, and then at the same time take care of the people that have already bought into the school by giving those courses to those people going forward. So I think that it's not as cohesive. It's also not as... Um, burdening right to like have that that complete website but at the same time like i can have um i can have those hosted through like gumroad and gumroad can you know as i post those courses up gumroad will have them you can stream them you can download them and you you have access to them as much as you you want to have access to them uh versus you know with my sites like you wouldn't be you can't download them you have to stream them um, it's the, the registration process process for my webs for, for your dream platform admittedly is not super, uh, streamlined. It's not super easy. 
And the main reason is because that stuff costs, you know, quite a bit of money to make all that sure. super streamlined. Because yeah. it costs money for those those software packages to make that happen. So I haven't um, wanted to pull the trigger on those types of things. So for me, it's like, okay, uh, how do I how do I do this? I came up with the idea of turning it from like, okay, it's blogging 101 into it's the simple uh, simple blogging package the simple blogging course, and that's what we're going to roll with going forward. I make separate pages for those. But you kind of bring it all together into like uh, like a store, right? And and you can break it down to like in that in that store setting. Um, and then people can pick and choose what they want and, and, and go from there. Because also, I think that um, and when I was talking to my good friend Shane Whaley, you know, he like he said, this space is quite... Um, it's quite crowded, right? Platform building space is quite crowded. And and I'm not trying to necessarily be in the platform building space. I think with your dream platform, I was I was trying to, to necessarily like get into that. But there was still that disconnect, right? Because it was like this is a like a pseudo company that my name isn't attached to, even though I'm the one trying to sell the fact that I'm actually doing all this stuff, because that's why you should learn from me. But the thing is, is when you go to my website, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like there's a disconnect there. So I think that yeah. bringing those all to my site and being able to take the, all those blog posts I already have, all those, um, you know, podcasts, all the, the, the Dreamers podcasts to uh, eventually take all the birth podcasts, pull that all into the one website, pull uh, the Your Dream Platform show, pull that into the website, pull all these things that I do and, and section them off into the website so that it's, it's easier. It's, it, it has the opportunity to be found more and it can really, it really is what it should have been all along. But I, I, I think early on I got the idea from a friend of mine to, okay, well, you know, if you want to have sponsors, you really should split off dreamers podcast. But over time I decided that I don't really want sponsorship for this show. Um, there's a couple of sponsors I have thought about, but for the most part, I, I haven't had that that real desire to look and do that. So, for me, I like I see it, it's like okay, well, Joe's the glue that holds all this together. Let's let's put more glue into making all this stick. Yeah, I think it works better too having everything in one area. I mean, I know for me, if I'm going to a blog and it's somebody I follow on a regular basis, I like to have all their interests, all their resources in one location. I can be like, oh, I didn't know he did this. And, oh, he's into this. Wow, I can, I just, instead of having to, like, jump to a different website. And and, I, and like I said, you can only stream things. I mean, downloading is important. You want to give people as many options as possible. Uh, personally, I love the ability to be able to download something offline, kind of like with TiVo. And I get to it when I get to it. I, I mean, I'm in an area of bad internet or, you know, whatever the case may be. I just, I want to have it on my terms. And, you know, providing that for people, uh, you know, I think benefits you and and your uh, and your user base. I I would agree. I I agree. So I've started the process of, of putting this site together, and the other thing that that came up with with doing this in doing this, um, the the my the thought to, uh, my thought was do and and we both know how I feel about coaching and and all that. Uh, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of coaching, um, but you do love to give advice. So. I do, right? I've I've written two books uh, on how to how to detox your life and how to uh, you know figure out what your what dream it is that you should be living. 
So what I've thought about is, you know, should I maybe compromise my belief on coaching or because there's so many people out there that, that they really talk about like how they, you know, how they're a coach and all this stuff. And I don't want to say it seems scammy, um, but it's, it's an area that is potentially a not potentially a not genuine uh, industry. Okay. Is that, is that, no, that's fair enough. You know, I, I get that impression when I look at some of these, uh, some of these, you know, so well, you can't say the air quotes, life coaches or or experts or experts. <laughs> well, but, we both know I hate the word expert too. Uh, I prefer the word professional. So, like, now I was thinking, like, well, what if, uh, what if instead, because I don't wouldn't see myself as a coach, right? Coach, and and this was brought up by somebody who's like, hey, coaches. Uh, this was Dave Jackson actually. Dave Jackson, Dave Jackson's the guy I was talking about that really put it in my head. Like maybe I should be looking at this from a different angle. Coaches are on the sideline while a mentor will actually be in the trenches learning and working and all that stuff with you. Right. I don't know if that, if that, I mean, the more I'm saying that, the more I, I'm not understanding it myself, but no, but it makes sense. So in the, Basically, you know, what I was getting to with the whole life coach thing is that it really comes down to what you can offer in terms of your experience. I mean, anybody could say, hey, I'm an expert in such and such. But when push comes to shove, can you actually prove it? Can you demonstrate that, yes, you are actually knowledgeable in this subject enough to the point where you can teach somebody else effectively and they can retain that knowledge and not have to come run to your two seconds? Oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? I mean, if if someone's constantly asking you questions, it's not that they don't get it. It's that you're doing a really bad job of teaching them. Or, you know, you need to change your method. So being a mentor, it's, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it puts a better spin on things. And, you know, the fact is that you, you've had experience, you know, you've shown that you've got the drive and the confidence to go out and not only improve your life, but also, you know, take the benefits you've received and sort of uh, you know, reciprocate, trying to, you know, being a giving person, go out and say, you know what? I can help other people achieve their dreams as I'm working to achieve mine and have achieved a lot of my life. Why shouldn't I share it? You know, why do I got to keep it all to myself? You know, you're not, you're not trying to hoard knowledge. You know, you're not uh, sitting on a, you know, mountain somewhere. Somebody's going to come find you. Like you're right here. I'm Joe Pardo. I'm here waving the flag, you know, just come to my website and I will help you. Yeah. And, and well, all right. So, so my, my thing is, is, and this is um, going back a while, a ways, I looked up to see if there was other people out there that were like quote unquote dream coaches or something like that. And there, I found a couple. Um, I wasn't, you know, overly impressed with what what I saw. Like I wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta reach out to this person. They gotta be on my show. But what I was was, well, I said, I always said, Melissa always makes fun of me for saying that was was or is 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 you know stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I was I was. Um, I was thinking, how would somebody go about finding these people, right? Like, at what point would you say, I need a dream coach or, or dream mentor or whatever versus I want to write a book, so I need to find a book writing coach? You know, for some people, I think it really comes down to they don't know what they want in the sense that, it's like I have, you know, I could say I have all these interests, I have all these passions, but 
I don't know how to get started. I, I don't know. Should I be writing a book? Should I be, you know, going out and, and, and lecturing people? I mean, it's it's tough to really. It's it's honestly just tough to get started. And I think what you're providing is a way, to you know, for someone else to narrow their focus and say, look, I've looked at your strengths. You know, we've seen your weaknesses, and here's how we can bring everything together. And not so much that you're telling them, hey, here's what you should be doing, but helping them discover for themselves. Oh, you know, this is a way I can express myself, and I never would have thought of that. It just it, sometimes it just helps to have that sounding board, you know, in and that you could sit there and you know on your own and overanalyze things all day long, and then it's just the you know paralyzing yourself because I have so many decisions and I can never decide. I'm going to put it off till next week or next month or next year. Instead of somebody saying, no, no, hold on a second, let backtrack a little bit. Why don't we take that, start there, run with it for a couple months, and let's see how it goes. It doesn't work, all right, I got some more ideas. You know, I, I can judge your progress. I can see how you're doing. And I, you know, I can benefit. You know, I can offer my insight to help you. Uh, you know, again, further streamline your goals and. Well, I would you know, want to go a little deeper than that. Sure. I would want to help them do some of the research and find out, like, okay, well, if you were going to go and set this, you know, niche or this this what this path. You know, who who are the experts in there? What are they doing? What can you do differently? What do you bring to the table with your with your benefits and stuff like that? Like so so it wouldn't just be me like trying to talk, but I would mm-hmm. actually want to um offer the the kind of um direction based upon what's actually going on, not just from my own experiences. So I would be learning along the way because I don't know everything about every niche and every path that they could possibly take either. That's true. And that's another advantage that you have though, is that with your show, you know, being a journalist podcast, you've talked to so many people in areas that you're, you don't have experience in. Right. So you can be like, Oh, I know, you know, I know a guy that does that or, you know, this woman over here has been doing that for 20 years. I should go talk to her and then, you know, get some more information about how she got started or, Hey, Go back and listen to episodes such and such because here's a person discussing exactly what you're interested in, and I, I've already covered this in detail. But you know, yeah, here are the pitfalls that they had, <laughs> what struggles that they've had, and and the success that they've had on along the way. And that's an advantage too. Knowing what not to do is important as much as knowing what to do. Yeah, it's right. yourself in trouble. Right. Well, and I think that's part of like building the the resume part of what I'm looking, you know, have been looking to do and have been doing for over a year and a half now. And not just like, oh, well, you know, I had the courage to leave a lucrative family business. Um, okay, that that's awesome. And that that there's nothing wrong with that. But then it's like, well, what have I done since then? And and I have that resume. And I, I know, like, you know, getting started, I didn't feel that way. You know, for me, it was like, I was scared to death. Like, I, I'm leaving the thing that I know. I'm leaving, fa- you know, family not behind, but like not not working for them like that's all hard stuff to deal with to begin with but when you add that up with like okay well what have i done since it's like boom i built that that resume have all that stuff um nailed down it's like now i feel confident not just um self-confidence but confidence that i can project outward of like look i know what i mean i don't know at all but i know enough that i know what i'm talking about and if i don't i know enough people now or all around the world to make that, you know, to, to get the right information that I need. I agree. And the thing is, you know, when you left the family business, you, the important thing is you hit the ground running. You didn't just paralyze yourself and go, oh, what, what did I just do? I'm crazy. Take me back. Take me back. No, you actually you said, you know what? I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going to stick with it. It's not going to be easy, but eventually it's going to pay off. And at some point, people are going to recognize, you know what? I made the right decision. I did what's best for me. And 
some people can't get on that train too bad, but other people are going to say, you know what? I can appreciate that. Maybe I can learn something from Joe because I'm having a hard time leaving my job or writing my novel or, or whatever it is that they're, you know, stuck doing because <laughs> any variety of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it, it, it's that, well, I mean, for, I will, I mean, for a little bit, I was paralyzed probably for about, well, up until I figured out the dreamers podcast, you know, came to me with, when I was on a plane to Disney world, uh, I was a little paralyzed. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing or how I was going to go about doing it. But uh, but we we you know figured it out and fortunately my background in technology and in music and, and DJing and stuff really helped me along that path uh, to to accelerate a lot quicker and be like okay I can put this stuff out I can put it out quicker I can edit faster I can do this I can do that um, and it didn't come overnight obviously but uh, when you look back it's like well what's a year and a half you know that that's that's nothing um, but. But what I've been able to accomplish in that year and a half has been been phenomenal for me. So yeah, so I, I what I mean, what what's your what like what would you, so what what would your recommendation be, Matt? For do you think that I should bite? You know, I guess bite my pride. I don't know what they what's the term that you would use. Uh, um, you know, swallow your pride. Swallow my pride and be like, okay, yeah, I I am uh, I'm a dream coach. I know you're like you're smiling. I, I'm, I'm laughing too, because I, 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 I know I, that the connotation that comes with it isn't always a positive one. I, to be fair, I was smiling. Not well, okay, partly because of that, but more so just you know seeing your visual reaction to like, ugh, dream coach. Like I, I can see how much you hate you hate <laughs> you that guys, term. I know you guys can't see this on Facebook Live, and, and by the way, if you're not following me on Facebook, you should be because uh, we're we're live streaming this right now on Facebook Live. It was just kind of like like a Popeye squint, but uh, yeah, it's the thing is, but dream coach is it's it's the term. I mean, it's what people know, and you know, it, does it have some negative connotation? Sure, but it doesn't mean you can't take it and turn it into something better. Like hey. I'm a dream coach actually accomplishes something as opposed to just a guy that sits here and like, you know, writes in his dream journal all day long. Not that there's anything well, wrong doing, with that. Hey, we're doers here, baby. <laughs> we're not, we're not just exactly. dreamers and, and we're doers. You know, and going back to the whole year and a half thing, Hey, if you had left your parents' company and not had some kind of reservations, I would have said he's crazy. And that could make also, that could have been an interesting podcast. Just some crazy guys spouting nonsense. It's playing that freely available. But the thing is, you know, you, you didn't let it paralyze you again. You you said, okay, you know what? I'm scared. That's okay. I'm going to move past this. And then, you know, you just, that idea hit and you, you've been running whatever since, which is, uh, I think is fantastic. And a lot of people honestly uh, should, or should be jealous of that because it's, it's something to look up to or uh, if nothing else, you got to respect it. Well, well, thank you. I, I'm uh I'm definitely trying every day and, and part of trying is is finding you know the the passion again in for because obviously doing a show five days a week then three days a week you know I I wanted to do some other things I wanted to branch out into some other things but I think that you know I, I, I did those other things I learned some some things along the way especially with your dream platform that was a learning process for me how to build you know how to build a membership site for literally for free uh, you know, the plugins that I needed to, to, you know, put the videos up there to make them protected, uh, putting the videos together, especially on windows was not as simple as, as on the Mac for sure. So I, I learned some things and I think that I could take those skills, um, continue to build out those courses that I haven't built yet 
and and you know fulfill on those promises that I I have made to the people that that have bought into the school, and then from there take it uh, and use those skills to build and and even getting comfortable more comfortable in uh, in in just doing video right because that's like audio is great but like here we are like streaming on live on, on Facebook Live uh, I've been doing quite a few videos and those have, those videos actually every time I do one now like even when I'm just sitting here working like and just has like my screen like the, my iPad facing the screen I have been getting more and more views each time I do it so so there's something to it um but you know but but part of that to me is like i want people to see what i'm doing i want people to see that i'm working you know this isn't the laptop lifestyle i don't even want the laptop laptop lifestyle for the most part like i love living here in the suburbs i love my house i grew up in this house i grew up across the street from this guy sitting across from me <laughs> and uh you know for me it's like this is this is what i know and love now that doesn't say I mean i don't love traveling but this, you know, this is my home and uh, this is what I, this is what I do everything for so that I can keep this and, and going forward with uh, having Ava, come, you know, come into our lives and, and all that stuff. So, so for me, it's like, I, you know, I want to help people, but I think that now is the time that I really need to, um, like I said, own uh, my, my niche versus before where I was living it. I was doing it, but I was also doing a lot, like doing other things along the way. Not that I still don't want to do those other things, but if, you know, and, and money has become like a thing that is not just wanted, but needed at this point. Um, so it's, it's important to, to finally own that niche. Absolutely. And if, you know, something's not working, you owe it to yourself to go back and reevaluate and say, okay, what, what should I be doing differently? Why is this not? I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but why is it not bringing me the success that I feel it should be? And and honestly, it, you know, it, it doesn't hurt, especially in your case, because, you know, I said before, you've got so many different interests, so many different activities. It, it doesn't hurt to kind of narrow the focus and say, okay, let me just cherry pick some of the ones I really want to focus on and just work with that. And then it doesn't mean you have to give up all these other things you like to do. I and mean, I'm sure you're going to find more things you like to do. Do we more. have a card game that I'm building right at the corner of my desk? Exactly. exactly. It's going and slow, but it's it's happening. It is happening. Again, there's more elements that you can bring into your show. But at the same time, you know, you've got to, you've got to have a core to focus on. And, and, you know, once that takes off, you know, then you can go back and, you know, I think experiment with some of the more, uh, you know, some of your other interests. Right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say fringe things. Or, but, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, I I agree. I think um, I I I think that it, it is it is the good time to to do that. And uh, like I said, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start changing the show where I do this monologue or or in the la actually since since the first episode I've had Matt on every episode since. Uh, but I, I enjoy having the, the back and forth conversation with Matt and, and it's real, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I've, I've gotten some positive feedback about it. So I think, uh, it's something that I'd like to continue if, if Matt wanted to continue to be a part of, of what I'm doing here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I just enjoy having a conversation with you and, uh, you know, if people are enjoying it, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still love doing the interviews and I, the interviews are still a part of it. And I know some of my, um, some of the listeners that I, I know very well know that I know <laughs> that, that they want the show to be longer. So I, I'm able to fulfill that. I'm able to have a great conversation with Matt. I'm able to keep myself, um, not accountable cause I don't need accountability 
uh, more than I already have, but at least uh, give myself a sounding board and allow people to, to have a peer into my life and what I'm going through as an entrepreneur, as an artist, as a podcaster, as an author, as a, all that stuff. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been fun for me. And the openness uh, is more interesting. And you know, I think that's why you get more views when you're doing the, uh, you know, the live video broadcast. Cause people, I personally, I love to see things behind the scenes. Like it's one thing to see the final product and like, Oh, this is so cool. But I want to know what went into the making of it. That's, in some ways is more interesting than the actual uh release so to speak yeah uh, i'd agree um so this week i i didn't uh i didn't have a question i mean i did get one question um but it was a really long complicated question i actually sorted out with the person that asked it uh but but i i don't know did did you did you have anything that you'd want to add before we before we wrap up here matt uh <laughs> not afraid I don't. No. All right. Well, I did want to. Um, I did want to give a shout out to to Lori Foster. She she sent us a really nice package this week uh, to Melissa and I uh, for for Ava, and I, I really 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 appreciate that. And um, and I appreciate you having you on the show, Matt. Oh, thank so, you. I appreciate you. the invite. It's always good to come over and uh, you know have a fireside chat. Yeah, fireside chat. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. And uh, we'll, we'll be uh, doing this again next week, hopefully. All right, sounds good. Hey, Dreamers. This show is made possible by listeners like you. If you love the work that has been done so far, please consider going to howtodream.co slash donate to contribute. Thank you so much for your consideration and support. Hey Dreamers, today I'm talking with Rob Scott, who is making his dreams come true by changing people's limiting beliefs, which is something that I do here on this show an awful lot. So it's great to have you here, uh, Rob. I almost said Scott. Mr. Yeah, Scott. It's, you know that Mr. never, it, well, it never ever happens. Nobody ever calls me Scott or wait. Yeah, people do that all the time. So don't worry about it. It's <laughs> Two first names, man. <laughs> Is that so? Wait, is that your first? Is that both your first name or is no, no, it no, first no, no. My, my last name is Scott. So oh, yeah, okay. Mr. Uh, Scott. Yeah, I have Mr. Scott. There you go. <laughs> Rob, I would love for you to get started by uh, giving some background about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a master level coach. I work with you know world changers. I do a very specific process called identity shifting, where really the main concept there is that any profound change in your life and your behavior and your results actually requires your identity to, to expand, grow, change. And that actually happens all the time. Your 15-year-old self is no longer here. You're, you're a different new person. Uh, usually that's an unconscious process that's really a random effect of you know different fears and different things that happen to us. Uh, but we can consciously shift our identity. And when we do, you can go from I feel like a, a a loser who doesn't move around too much to I'm an athlete. You can go from I'm a wantrepreneur to I'm an entrepreneur, right? And so as we do that, what's bundled in that is a lot of the behaviors and, and actions and movement that we want to have happen. 
Awesome. How long have you been coaching? So I've been doing this full time for about 10 years, but I really almost feel like I've been doing this my whole life in a certain way. Like when I was a little kid, I was coaching dysfunctional parents to get along better uh, in, in different ways. So I've really been about this for quite a long time. Oh, I, I hear that. I've been doing the same thing myself. I've been fighting yeah. that battle since I was little as well, uh, six, sure. seven, eight years old. So I uh, totally understand where you're coming from when you say that. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what steps did you take to get started once you decided like, okay, this coaching thing is something that I want to do. So I was really kind of pulled into it. I mean, my background and I know we might not know each other too well. Uh, you know, my background was, I was really, really dysfunctional back in the day. I had a lot of problems. I was abused really badly as a young guy, I got into addiction, all that. Um, and then something happened profound, you know, as a young adult, I had what I consider to be a fundamental shift. I, my awareness really shifted in my brain. My company is now called Fundamental Shift, you know, based on that. And what I realized in the moment was like, I didn't have to carry these stories about what was possible, you know, poor me, victim stories, all that kind of stuff. And I could really kind of from this moment on, you know, rewrite and come fresh at things. And when I did that, I stepped into the entrepreneurial world, or I'm sorry, the corporate world. And I started to make huge jumps really fast in the corporate world. So in just a few years, I went from temp in the basement, recently being homeless, uh, to temp in the basement, to I was vice president of technology for a company in, in Philadelphia, you know, within a few years. Um, I've also been through like cancer. And so I've had this rough ride. But what happened was once I realized that I could master the meaning making machine between my ears, and I could start to think more optimally, I started to really get phenomenal results. And I was able to get phenomenal results out of other people. So what happened after that was in about 2005, I started a podcast. And I was just talking about these concepts of like, evolving your consciousness and becoming more aware and what is hypnosis and what is NLP and what is meditation and all these things that are the tools of the mind and how I was getting results with them. And all of a sudden I had people wanting my coaching really all over the world. I had people in Japan and Ireland and Canada and Australia and different countries asking me. And so I was kind of pulled away from the corporate world into this entrepreneurial journey of helping people. And it's just been incredibly fulfilling. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with online things. I run large groups. I have digital products and programs. And, you know, it's just been really fun to build that business and have the pu puzzle of that. And also I'm like deeply in my purpose trying to help people evolve and grow as much as I can. So wait, are you still outside of Philadelphia? I'm not actually. I moved a couple of years ago. It's almost a couple of years now. I moved to the Detroit area. I'm actually in Birmingham, Michigan, right outside Detroit. Oh, because I live right outside of Philadelphia. That's why I, I know. <laughs> I saw your your Jersey, aren't you? Yeah, or like ten minutes. You can see the skyline if you go down the street. Oh, uh, that's up the amazing. Hill. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, that's you can that skyline. I used to live on that, so <laughs> so I was right there in town for years and years and years. Love Philly. Oh, it's a shame, man. <laughs> I know you get together, but I, I go back there a lot. So maybe one of these days we'll hang out. Yeah. Next time you come out, let me know, man. I, you know, like I said, I live not even 10 minutes from the city. So that's amazing. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so you, you, the, the victim mentality, um, you know, it, it can play a detrimental role in people advancing in their lives, right? They, they, they can find themselves being stuck in like replay mode over and over and over again and uh, equating every situation that they have, in my opinion, at least, uh, to those situations of being, you know, let down for one reason or another. And, and whether that let down is, say, abuse or, or circumstances that aren't necessarily their control, but they're in some cases made to feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny because it's like they, they play into that, you know, it's like they, they almost um, um, personify 
the, the well there's a there's that. a there, we get a we get a hit from doing it right so if you're young and you go oh poor me and mom comes over and goes oh what happened baby like i'm so sorry or you know now we kind of how many times could you sit in a restaurant and just look around and basically see two best friends whether it be older women or younger guys or whatever and we're basically just bitching about our day right we're doing some form of like look at everything i have to put up with i was just on the hold with comcast for 45 minutes and i couldn't and have you seen ellen and isn't she blah 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 you know we're constantly kind of critiquing and carrying this like look at what i have to deal with right so there's the victim mentality which is really just one of them um isn't necessarily conscious for us and it actually comes with some benefits right it it comes with a little bit of like attention and oh poor you and isn't that hard and everything and the road that i had been through had so much legitimate uh victimization in it that when i would tell my story people would go oh my god you know i'm so sorry you had to deal with what and it was i wore it i was like i would be out at a bar like looking for the opportunity to throw that into the conversation because like oh well you don't know what i've been through like let me get into this and so it doesn't, it's not obvious that that's a cost, right? It almost feels like that's a benefit because people give us love, people give us attention. And so we really have to wake up to this process that's going on to see what the cost of carrying that is, right? If I really am kind of going poor me or have mental thoughts of like, this isn't going to work or this will never really happen. Or we even just notice that, wow, I've had the same goal for three years and I've really taken no action on it. And every week I truly feel like I want to do this thing, but it doesn't happen. Well, then you're in some form of unconscious self-sabotage and you better start working to figure that out and become conscious of it, or it's going to be an issue. You know, it's funny. I just wrote an article um, the other day. Well, by the time this goes live, it won't be the other day, but mm. a few months ago at this point, um, about you you know uh let your subconscious be your guide and you know sometimes like we 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 know what the outcome is going to be if we if we take certain actions but um we wouldn't take those actions unless our subconsciousness uh allows us or like pu pushes us in that direction that, that point of almost no return from turning turning it around at that point sure well, I mean, my thought on that is that your subconscious is your guide, whether you want it to be or not. And the weird thing is, is that it doesn't really care whether you're successful or not. It's motivated by a couple of things. It wants you to survive. And it, it really wants two different things to survive. It's also interested in your reproduction, right? It wants your genetic line to kind of survive. So we've got like, really, we've got all these processes down in the root brain that are basically built to uh, keep you alive and and make you interested in food and safety and shelter and and reproduction, right? Like that's basically what our reptilian brain is all about. And it doesn't care if we feel good about it at all because it's it's actually if you get up and you've learned that fear every day is is a winning strategy to keep waking up, your subconscious can get really patterned to be like, let's look for the fear. Like let's keep looking for that. So your subconscious is your guide, whether you want it to be or not. And it really, as I mentioned, it wants two things to survive. It wants your body to survive. And we know that from like if you look up and you see a car is rushing at you really quickly, your body will jump out of the way before you have to think about it. You don't have like how fast is that car coming, whatever. Your your systems are set to protect you in that, right? To pull your hand off a hot stove or whatever. Happen automatically okay so it's obviously set to keep our body alive but what we're finding out through neuroscience is that it's actually set to keep our identity alive keep our sense of self alive so if our sense of self has a lot of limits in it it'll actually wake up and go hey you know i work with people in sometimes who want to lose a dramatic amount of weight or something right and when you really check in they have this identity of like i'm a loser when you when they really get honest about it they feel like they're not winning they're failing they they're trying to eat a certain way and they can't do it they've got cravings whatever 
if you wake up with I'm a loser as your identity over and over and over, your subconscious doesn't care. It's like, fine, we woke up. It's working for us, right? So what I do is I introduce a new identity into that subconscious and pattern it in deeply so that it feels safe because the your subconscious is going to resist change because change is unknown, change is difficult. And so we're almost built to be conservative in what feels safe to our main subconscious system. And our subconscious is wildly more powerful than our conscious mind. And so if you don't get that on board, which I think was your point to begin with, if you don't get it on board, uh, you're, you're going to just be following it wherever it wants to take you. No, I, I'd agree. Um, and it, it, and I think it goes both ways. Your conscious and subconscious both have to be on board. And sometimes if you say, so if your subconscious is, uh, you can, you can allow, uh, it, you know, it can sometimes be easier to make choices that way too, you know, letting it, um, let it kind of take the wheel a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that you should just go off the handle and say whatever comes to the top of your mind when it comes to the top of your mind. But, um, you know, I, I feel like um, your subconscious in that protective mode sometimes will will be will allow you to make those decisions that your conscious mind is like, oh well, what will this person think? Or oh no, what will this? You know, sure. all the all the ramifications that your your conscience uh, conscious mind would would make would would try to factor in your subconscious like nah, screw it. Yeah, just kind of go ahead and do your thing. So almost like going with your gut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So like getting in touch with what that kind of gut instinct is and what that natural, normal next step would be. And uh, in a certain way, you're you're suggesting getting the conscious mind to quiet a little bit with its fears and its concerns and let yourself just kind of be connected to what feels next for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. cool. I like that. <laughs> so what, uh, how did your family take the ne- your next step in uh, in becoming a coach? Uh, they were, they didn't have too much to say about it. I was doing really well in the corporate world. Uh, before that I'd been a a pretty much a disaster out in the world. So they were just thrilled that I was, uh, you know, not in jail or something, I think. And so, uh, it wasn't really a struggle for my, my family to do it. I didn't, I didn't have the kind of relationship where I was at that point kind of worried about what they were thinking. Um, I think, I think a little bit when I left the, you know, cause I was a vice president at this company. I think when I left that, not just my family, but everyone thought I was a little bit nuts, you know, because at that point they were like, hey, man, when are you writing your book? Like, when are you, you've gone from this, uh, you know, living in the streets to having this beautiful home and great job. And like, that's so inspirational. And honestly, I just felt like I hadn't even begun yet because I really wanted to help more people. And and being in the corporate world, I was essentially making wealthy people more wealthy, right? I was, I was, we were getting really good at making money and it was, it was, uh, there was cool stuff going on there and it was a great place to work, but it what it didn't have the purpose aspect to it. And so when I left to do something more meaningful and purposeful for myself in, and also in an entrepreneurial way, I, I think my family, they knew they weren't shocked because I'd already been much crazier than that in the past. But they they thought it they probably in the moment thought it was pretty dumb. They're like, why would you leave the safety of this phenomenal job and and all that stuff? Um, but it was it you know it ended up being a, a much better uh, choice for me, and I've been I've never regretted it once. Well, that's awesome to hear, and and I'm <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to uh, to find that that purpose for yourself outside of the the corporate. You know, I mean, I noticed a lot of times corporate companies um, they have to have all these programs and stuff like that to keep people like you in the loop because it's like, Hey, we're going to go build a, uh, like a, a playground for kids or something, you know, we're going to go plant trees. Like they have to do stuff like that or else people, you know, that are, uh, I guess a little bit higher, 
on that um, conscience, conscious level of like, hey, I need to do something more with my life, and I would like it to be a part of what I do as a, as a job as well. For sure. And, you know, it's funny you, you say that and you're talking about kind of getting into more purposeful activities or, you know, feeding the homeless or whatever. And I guess there was some stuff like that going on. But I worked at a place that was incredibly uh, sexy. Like it was we were an advertising company. So we had lots of attractive people. We had beer Fridays. You could sort of, you know, we would all party together on the weekends. Our our company parties were epic and it was a very cutting edge, fun place. Like if you walk through the office space, it was just very, very cool and hip and everybody's office was neat. And so, uh, you know, for that reason, also, everybody was kind of like, what are you doing choosing to leave here? This is like the coolest place to be in the world, you know? And, um, and I think for some of us, that purpose thing is just a little bit, a little bit louder, right? Definitely. It depends on how much you put, you know, how much stock you put into that social responsibility and, and everything. And uh, it's funny when you were saying that you, you worked in that skyline, uh, my first uh, my first thought was, and you, you probably could guess the uh, the company that I was actually thinking that you worked for. W- well, I don't know because there's a lot of them. Which one were you Well, Comcast with their, their spy, sure. their dark spire out of the yeah. – <laughs> and then they're yeah. working on a second one, part two. Totally. totally. <laughs> the company that I literally today was in like a humongous argument with because my internet was out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So funny, but yeah, Comcast is a big part of that skyline, no doubt. Uh, so, so Rob, what uh, what's been the biggest roadblock for you in in coaching? Uh, I don't know that I identified too much with too many roadblocks in kind of the coaching side of what I do. I think in the business side of what I do, the entrepreneurial side, it's been my own resistance to really build a, a killer team. I could have gone a lot faster and scaled more if I'd gotten out of kind of doing it all myself, you know, that, that, that I need to get it and it needs to be done by me. And it's funny because I coach a lot of entrepreneurs on scaling and hiring. And so it's not that I don't, I don't know those things. Right now I've got about a team of maybe eight people that are, that are, you know, all remote and working some form of, of part-time to full-time with me. And I'm seeing the value of having that core team growing and doing stuff. And this is really the first year, maybe last year too, but you know, we're, we're coming to the end at the recording. Anyway, we're coming to the end of 2015 here. And so for 2014 and 15, I've really been more focused on getting the team doing stuff. And that for sure was, was the hardest hurdle for me. And, and really it was my own mindset. It was my own, it was my own stuff, my own blocks. It was my own lack of trust. It was my own kind of perfectionism, you know, all the different things that can show up there. And now that I've got a team, I almost want 30 or 40 people, you know, I just really want to, cause we can go so much faster if I get the right people in the right places. And so that, that skill of being a leader of other people in the business. And, you know, I just lost an assistant who was phenomenal. And it was, it's really hard to replace her and it's really tough to like get the next person in there and, you know, all that stuff. And so as that would happen in the past, it would be a great excuse for me to, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, it's too hard to rehire and retrain. I'm going to just do it myself for a while or whatever. And it made me go a lot slower uh, in the business growth than I'm capable of. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm working those mindsets in my own life and my own business. You know, yeah, it's definitely tough to, to relinquish that power, right? That yeah. you, you have that creative power, you have that, uh, I know I'm going to do it the right way power, uh, and, and it's just so many things, And, and but you're so right. Uh, it, it, having a team that you can work with and having each person do a piece of what you need to do, you can you can come up with so many more ideas, work with so many more people because you free up more time. 
um, uh, from doing the the constant, you know, little things that you would have to do on your own. Well, and, and every and every brilliant business owner. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Bill Gates said, you know, the one thing he did really well was hire incredibly smart people around him. I that mean, was Steve. What, but that yeah, was Steve. Was, that it was Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I, I would almost bet it was probably both of them, right? And because it really is, because you know, I mean, I know that I know that Virgin is all about that, and you know, getting the right person in the right position, and. Um, I just don't think that you can grow to anything really significant if you don't get brilliant people in the right spot. So, yeah, uh, it's it's something that I'm trying to get better at. And that for sure has been one of my bigger blocks. You know, that well, the context of which he had said it was like if you hire all if you hire just a couple a people, right, like out of ABC players. Uh, well, what will happen is, is, is the A and the Bs will get together and say, well, we don't want any Cs, so we're only going to want to work with As and Bs because we yeah. don't want to have to pull the weight of the C and the D and the Es and the Fs uh, and everybody everybody yeah. that's below that. So, it, But, you know, what's tough is, is you have to be able to pay those people um, because sure. they know that their skill is worthwhile or else they wouldn't be considering themselves a worthwhile hire and you probably wouldn't hire them anyway. It, one thing for me that's been really valuable is people that have gone through my programs and gotten a benefit have actually come to me and said, how can I help you kind of get this message out? And so I don't mean this word, word literally at all, but they're they're slightly evangelical, right? They they really want to share, like they, they believe in what I'm doing. And what I find is they pour more into it. So the part of this that I'm really trying to get better at is how can I hire people that <clears throat> really identify with the same vision that I do for, for creating the kind of change that I want to change in the world. And I'm trying to rally them around that idea so that it's not about me. It's not about getting more money into the business. I mean, of course, those are important, but it's really about making us really good at doing what our vision is, which is sharing, you know, uh, this expansive consciousness as much as we can. And yeah, so um, the, the, the handful of team members that have that and care about that, they end up just, they're phenomenal. I mean, they're great employees. They're really, really super. Yeah, creating fanatical employees. I mean, it, um, I've had to do that myself in in business, and it's it's funny that sometimes the the people that you you hire take on to do certain tasks actually sometimes become more fanatical and more you know mm. anal about it than you are. Uh, you know, totally. they're, they're just they they just focus in. And I remember once getting the realization, like, man, the person that I'm bringing along has like zero. Um, not value, but zero like stock in what they're doing other than to keep their job going. Right, right, right. And, and here I am and I, you know, I am in a roundabout way and the, the, the super beneficiary of it, um, of the, of that specific situation I'm talking about. And, and it's like, man, like you just, you know, if you, you just gotta, you know, you get excited and passionate and you can attract you know, exciting, passionate people, um, and then the, you have to root out the ones that are the C players and the B players and the A players and, and figure out who the best is. Uh, it, it, it's definitely a challenge, but I think that, you know, with the right enthusiasm, with the right message and with the right caring and going about it, you know, um, in a way that makes it look and feel authentic rather than just like, yeah, we're going to do all this and we're going to make more money. It's like, well, that's the corporate thing, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, you did a great job, Rob. You know, you'll make me a lot more money next year, right? Because this year I could only afford the Mercedes. Next year's the Porsche, and the year after that's the, the Ferrari. You know, right, right. Get a Tesla. Get a Tesla in there somewhere too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, you know, the fun, the one thing that's that's maybe helpful that I'm starting to think about when I lead, right? Like I have a real tendency to say, 
okay, employee so-and-so, I want you to do this and then this and then this and then this, and I'll need to check it and all that stuff, right? And it's really moving over to allowing them to be autonomous in the way that they create the vision. So instead of telling them like, these are the 10 things I need you to do, I tell them the outcome that I want now, which is not, it's actually not a natural muscle for me anyway. And to get really good at telling them like, the outcome of this looks like this when it's done, and I have opinions about how to do that, but you're allowed to make your own choices in getting that done. Uh, that is getting a, a far better result for me than any other way of leading people. Yeah, giving people a sense of purpose uh, for that, the, the end result. I think you're, I think they're right. And I think that actually uh, probably played a much larger role than I realized at the time that the situation was going on and had to rally people around the situation. Yeah. Um, so growing up, you said that you, um, you know, you had a, a really rough childhood and, and, and all that. What, did you have any childhood dreams, though, through all of that? You know, it's funny. I've heard you ask that before. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be dramatic. And I, I just and I wonder how much my memory is accurate here and how much I'm carrying some story of, you know, poor me. What a tough what a tough upbringing. Um, I definitely wanted to stop suffering, right? Like there was there was a fair amount of pain. And so there was a there was a constant motivation for me to figure out like, why am I here? And why am I kind of going through this? Like, why am I suffering at this level? So I was absolutely motivated by that. I also had an odd kind of sense of confidence that I would be able to figure stuff out. So I, I remember from the very beginning, you know, my dad or, or anyone would really kind of threaten, like, if you don't do this homework, like you won't get these grades and then that will, you know, then you'll be stuck. And I just never believed that. I was like, well, you know, if I, if I don't get the school and I'll do it another way or, you know, I know I'm going to be successful. Like there was a base level. I've got this kind of sense in me, even though that was, you know, in lots of ways trying to be beaten out of me. Right. And I, I just resisted that the whole time. And I've also had this quality of, of uh, doing it my own way, you know? So people are like, you got to go to college. And I just was like, I don't know that you do. And, uh, you know, you got to get married after this. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if you do. And, and let me, let me live my life my way. And so there's always been that. So anyway, back to the original question, the dreams, I definitely wanted to, to stop suffering. And what that be turned into was I want to stop suffering kind of for everybody. And I think that's really the, uh, the biggest thing that I can connect with right now. Oh, that's understandable. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing I take, um, take away from growing up was like, oh, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to accept this when you get to the, you know, the upper grade school. And then, oh, they're never going to accept this when you get to the middle school. And they're never going to accept this when you get to high school. And you're never going to accept this when you get to college. But they always seem to do that. It always right. flexed. And, right. uh, yeah. Probably not for the benefit of the people, go of the kids going to the school. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but the, you know, the funny thing is you were talking about like um, shading your memory in, you know, maybe more or less than it, it should be. Right. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I, I've been watching Adam ruins everything on, uh, on true yeah. TV. They just yeah. brought the, sh the, the YouTube channel show uh, from co college humor to TV and they did a whole episode about cop, like cop, you know, cop dramas and the reality sure. versus like the, the, the crap that they show you on the TV show. So uh, it's funny because uh, they talked about in that episode uh, about your, your memory not being as good as you think it is. Yeah. And uh, how, you know, eyewitness accounts aren't even, <laughs> you know, really worth anything because in most, in most cases they're wrong. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny because we, we do kind of make our own reality as we go along. 
in in life because things get better or things get worse. They never as bad as they were, and they never as good as they were. I've you never know? seen the I've never seen the episode from uh, Is it Adam Ruins Everything? I'm yeah. familiar with that show. I haven't seen the one about that, but I bet it's inspired by this book called The Invisible Gorilla. And there's this old uh, psychological test and there's a YouTube video, which you should go check out. You know, anybody listening should go check that out. Uh, look up the Invisible Gorilla test and don't cheat. We're not going to tell what the outcome is or whatever, but just go see what's happening. And what you find is, is that humans are way worse at really taking in all the information than we think we are. We, we are filling gaps constantly with our own imagination. We're filling huge gaps in our memory. Our memory is nowhere near as accurate as we think it is uh, on any scale. Like we're just, we're seeing this more and more and more through neuroscience. Um, we, we very obvious things in your, in your field of view become completely not obvious uh, when your attention is moved. This is how magicians work. This is how, uh, you know, all these great things are there. And it's, you know, the thing that comes to mind is like texting and driving these days. People think that they can actually move their attention around that. And we're way worse at that than we think we are, right? We have this huge bias that like, oh, I can hold all this in my head. And we can't. As we move our attention around, we're literally not considering things that are right there. So if you're texting and driving successfully, you're getting really lucky because nobody's popped out right in front of you yet. And and when they do, it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real issue. So yeah, the invisible grill is a great book and a great concept and, and a cool test they have there. That, uh, that reminds me of what I don't read a whole, whole lot of books, but one of my favorite books is, uh, the myth of multitasking Yeah, and, and explains why multitasking is a myth and that you're really just switch tasking. You're going from one to the other, to the other. And when you do that, you slow yourself down immensely. And the, and the, the thing that I keep going back to, and I've I know I've mentioned all this on this show before is the, uh, writing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, and then uh, under that, writing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And when you do that, if you do it A, 1, B, 2, like I'm doing it even slower versus like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Yep. Like you're doing it so much slower because your brain is constantly going back and forth. Yeah, Dean Jackson like Dean Jackson has a great uh, illustration of that for sure. Um, he has a 50-minute focus finder where he shows, I think it's in that video. But anyway, that's that's certainly findable too. There's a it, it illustrates exactly what you're just talking about, right? Switching between these two things. We're, we're horrible at it. And really what that shows is something that I'm super duper trying to do in my work, right? And this is to point out that our attention is by far our most valuable resource, right? The, the mastery of our attention and the way to do it and the way our reality is made up, um, you know, we've got neurons and sensors in our fingers and our eyes and all this to respond to the world, right? Um, and that makes us different than a rock, right? A rock doesn't respond to the world very much. And it makes us very similar to like mice and other animals, like they respond to the world too. But we've got extra stuff going on in our brain where we can model time, we have memories, we have all these things that are going on that our attention can also get lost in. So I could, I could be looking at you and you could have my full attention or I could be looking at you but totally lost in like a memory or an imagination or some other place, right? And so we literally have this infinite amount of directions that our attention can go. And maybe the listeners could like connect with the reality of, you know, going to Facebook and then trying to get back to email. And then, oh, I've got this message over here. And, oh, I forgot I have to buy a gift for somebody's birthday. And like we're scattered. Right. And we have all these plays at our attention constantly. Well, coming back to understanding the power of our own attention and even all the way back to where this started with limiting beliefs and stuff, like when a limiting belief comes up, how do you move away from that? How do you like not believe it in the moment so that you can have a different experience and a different reality? Mastering your attention and your awareness is 
it's the meta skill, right? And that was what my fundamental shift kind of showed me in my own life was, wait a second, I have way more control over the stories that I'm telling myself, what I believe is possible in this moment, all that stuff. And that's really what began this this game of trying to get better at mastering my own attention and, you know, dealing with reality directly instead of fantasies, which dreaming is amazing, right? But fantasies that end up with you as the, as the loser or, you know, incapable or those things, which is what a lot of our late night fears are about, right? We're laying in bed, like, you know, people don't like me. I'm never going to make the money. Like that's the narrative that so many people are carrying. And it's just not true. You can put that down and come back with like a totally different reality when you start to master your attention. Oh, I'd agree. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, this is called the dreamers podcast, but it's, it's really for doers. It's yeah. just the doers podcast didn't sound as good. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, and, and, but all the other stuff that we were talking about, about what's your vision, what's your dream? Like those are so important. And to do that well, you have to master your attention too. So like, instead of what's not going to work and having all these different kind of thoughts, how are you going to see like, what is the future? What are we creating here? And having a dream that's like so compelling and interesting that you're enrolling, not only your employees in it, but you're also creating something that like customers want to buy from and they go, wow, I'm, I'm so into what your dream is. I see it too. And that's the future that I want as well. So let's go build that together. Right. That's the power of dreaming. I would totally agree. (laughs) And with all that said, what do your dreams for the future look like? Yeah, so I'm really trying to do something. Peter Diamandis has this kind of challenge out there where he says we're living in this exponential world and we're expecting, you know, literally billions more people to come online in the next few years. And so he, he suggests thinking about your big goals as like, what could you do that could affect a billion people? And for me, we're talking about this awareness thing. What I want to do is I want to create a free, um, it'll, I don't, I don't have the branding down. I think it's going to be called next level awareness. That's like the working title I have in my own head now. Cause I don't know. I, I think meditation gets a horrible, uh, I think it has a horrible brand presently. I don't know if it's mindfulness. I don't know if it's working with your awareness, but what I want to do is I want to create a, a, a challenge where I'm going to teach people a little bit of a gratitude thing, a little bit of a mindfulness practice, a little bit of showing how much this leads to success and being able to put down instant gratification and move to uh, being able to have the power to delay gratification. So you can do the things that are best in your life and, and put together like a 14 or 21 day challenge for people that I get in the hands of, of as many people as I can. The goal would be a billion people in the next five years. So I'm in the process of creating that, um, creating the copy and the marketing and the course itself and thinking about how I can get this and share it with people and, and put it out there. And uh, as I said, it's, you know, at this point, it's called next level awareness. And I want to I want to up level the consciousness of as many human beings on planet Earth as I can. Well, it sounds ambitious. And even if you only hit 1% of a billion, that's still quite an accomplishment. I love it. Yeah. If we, if we got to, you know, call it a huge failure at 50,000 people in five years, I would be thrilled with that result. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to work hard to, to make it a big thing, but if it's uh, if it helps just a couple people, that's pretty cool too. That's quite understandable. Uh, before we get to how people can connect, connect with you, Rob, uh, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? No, I think, you know, that that big idea, you know, mastering your own attention, you know, getting away from limiting beliefs and self-sabotage and negative thinking in general, um, everybody has options, right? There's there's a an immediate change that can happen in you that's deeply profound. Um, I do this process called identity shifting. 
I do it with people all the time and it has incredibly profound results in literally just the first couple of weeks for people and they're never ever the same after that. So uh, that's what I want to share with people and uh, if people want to find me to talk about that or check it out on my site, I would love it. Well, if you could, please share your, your site again. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, Actually, I don't think we did, but if we were talking about that before the show. <laughs> before the show. <laughs> yeah, so so it's, it's robscott.com. And there's a free coaching course there people can sign up for, or there's tons of actual, uh, you know, videos and other content that doesn't require any kind of a sign up at all. Just come by and check it out. And it's a great way to find out where I am on social media and all that. So robscott.com. Awesome. I will have that in the show notes along with everything else. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, Rob. Uh, thanks. And I, I was a little late to this interview, so I appreciate you, uh, Stick, you know, sticking it out with me here. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I had this thought and I've thought it about three times. So I have to say it out loud. Uh, it's a little rule that I learned from a friend. Um, you've got such a great energy, man. Your smiles infectious. I was checking you out on Facebook before we got on this call and every, you know, virtually every picture is just a huge grin and you being with people and, and uh, spreading happiness. And so uh, thanks so much for this. And this is a rare one where we're actually looking at each other while we're doing this recording. <laughs> and it's been really fun to be with you. Thank you for this platform. And thanks for spending this time. Thank you, Rob. I've been called a Muppet, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because uh, because of the 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 laugh or the smile or whatever, it's just because I'm just so happy compared to what I was uh, just a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah. You know, so um, it, it's been an amazing journey for me, and I appreciate that. So thank you, and I, I I'm glad that we got to do it in video. I don't get to do a lot of these in video because uh, bandwidth issues and stuff like that. So uh, I'm thankful for that, and and uh, thankful for your time as well. So. Uh, please, I'd love to have you on the show again at some point in the future, and we can talk about your uh, next next level awareness and and where you're going. Um, you know, it's funny is I I saw in your background it says 2020, and I couldn't figure out what like because I couldn't see the whole message. I could only see yeah. just the 2020, and and that 2020 has a very um, deep special meaning to me. It's 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 actually the um, beginning of the address for my family's company, the main company in the in the five wow. that I left. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't figure out like what like I kind I kind of saw the it was like does that say years and I couldn't figure year, out why would yeah. he have 2020 just written on his board like that. That's so cool. <laughs> and then yeah, here that's... we are coming up on that year um, rather rapidly. That's my goal is to is to achieve that that uh, that awareness sharing by that year. So very very cool, man. Appreciate awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Rob. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to come back anytime. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.